Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I don't like being in a situation. I don't like that anybody else is in this situation. One local business, hundreds of unhappy customers. This just seems to be falling further and further behind. The window installer that prompted more complaints to Contact 6 in 2022 than any other company. Plus... Contact 6's record-breaking year. I would just say thank you, Contact 6, for being there and doing exactly what you say you do. How Fox 6's consumer segment saved its viewers $650,000. From the Fox 6 studios, this is Open Record, and I'm Brian Polson, and I'm, of course, joined by Contact 6's Jenna Sachs. Hi, Jenna. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me. We are recording this episode on Thursday, January 5th. Last year, so we, you know, this is the time of year where we start talking about what was 2022 all about, and nearly a thousand consumers wrote to Contact Six in 2022 seeking help. All kinds of problems, obviously. The number one most common complaint by far that was about contractors. And that's mostly because of one Menominee Falls business with a lot of unhappy customers. Jenna, can you tell uh, Jenna? Can you tell us about Window Select's not so great year? Yeah. So a lot of these customer complaints seem to start with projects that began in the summer of 2021. In the months around that, customers were writing to us saying they'd paid for projects that either hadn't started or were not completed in their entirety. They were complaining about disorganization, bad communication, start dates repeatedly being pushed back and just the feeling that they were being lied to. Now, Window Select said, yes, we made some mistakes during that time, but they primarily blamed manufacturing delays, which may have been legitimate to some extent. There was the pandemic, but at least one supplier told us back in the spring that it wasn't manufacturing delays. It was the fact that Window Select wasn't paying for their product. So they they called them out for that back in the spring. Now, also upsetting many of these customers was that they had agreed to payment plans that they thought would start after their project was finished. But because of the delays in their projects, they ended up making payments, even finishing their payments for work that hadn't started. And on top of that, law enforcement confirmed they were looking into the company for fraud. So our first report on Window Select was back in April. At the time, we had 31 complaints about the company and its owner, Justin Kiswarty, had been pretty responsive to Contact 6 up until that point. He'd sent us spreadsheets with status updates on all the projects that people had written to us about. He was reaching out to every customer who contacted us. And at that point, more than half of those customers had had their problems resolved through Contact 6 and the other half were on their way to being resolved. But after the spring, complaints just really continued to mount. The company became less responsive to us and to the customers. They lost a lot of uh, salespeople and staff members. There was a lot of turnover. And amid these mounting complaints, they announced in May they were bringing in an outside business advisory firm called Cogent Analytics to help them get their affairs in order to try and right the ship. And we've been 
interacting with Cogent ever since when consumers have reached out to us. But I mean, Windows Select vacated its headquarters. Uh, it has faced evictions from its warehouses and, and they've, they're no longer in their warehouse. And there's just been a steady stream of small claims and civil cases mounting in, in Wisconsin Circuit Court. There's a, a major lawsuit from a supplier for products ordered and not paid for. So the, back in November, Windows Select's uh, company Cogent told us, you know, we're working to complete these projects every day, but at a much slower pace than we'd like. And we know that's true at Contact 6 because our case manager is hearing from unhappy customers regularly and some have seen some progress like they ordered windows and doors and they got their windows installed but not their doors but uh, you may remember brian this is a company that had a huge amount of name recognition in the community based on widespread advertising i can still hear the the jingle in my head because i would hear it on the radio so often so whenever you bring up the name i hear it i'm not going to sing it now but you're right a lot of name recognition a very and and, and what really strikes me, Jenna, here is the, because of the number and volume of complaints and, and what a problem this has been, it, it strikes me that what you described in the beginning doesn't – you've dealt with so many disreputable contractors over the year. I don't think – or maybe you can tell me from your perspective, but I don't think it's typical for them to be so – transparent in the beginning that they're sending you spreadsheets. Hey, we're really working hard to get this done and make things right. That doesn't sound like someone who at the outset of things had bad faith. Right. I'm not saying they didn't, but it doesn't sound like that. How did they, how did they get into this mess? Well, that was a challenge for us, what you mentioned back when we were debating when we would do our report on this company because they were responding to us. And we knew that they had a lot of customers and we didn't know if this was just reflective of a large company who had a lot of customers and they had a little hiccup somewhere. But the fact that the complaints continued to mount pointed to the problem and we decided we had to go forward. You know, we could speculate what happened. I know they had an aggressive sales team. They had a massive amount of projects and customers. So maybe when things started to go south, combined with some disorganization, combined with supply delays, maybe it was like a domino effect. That's something we could theorize had happened. Uh, and, and we know that they weren't paying all of their bills to their suppliers. We spoke with a salesperson who said, you know, they were constantly changing suppliers. He said they had changed four times in a year, which was a bit of a red flag. Uh, but, you know, part of me wonders, this wasn't that old of a company. They were only formed in 2019. And the reason they had that name recognition is because of that prolific advertising. So the customers we spoke with were familiar with this company and it made them feel comfortable hiring them. But that was because of advertising. It wasn't like they felt like they had to go online and do a ton of research. Um, but it, it was really only a few years old and the problem started you know, within a couple of years of, of forming. I know you've reported on this before, so I feel a little bit uh, silly in saying this, but uh, I'll admit the truth. I didn't realize they had only formed in 2019 after all these reports you've done. Uh, mm -hmm. That's just a few years ago. And you're right. It really tells you the power of a good jingle because mm -hmm. it really, I mean, it, it was so pervasive the advertising, that sound, it, it does give it an air, I guess, of legitimacy. Like, hey, they, they can't be, they're not fly by night. Look at all this advertising they're doing. Um, it, do you get the sense that whether it was in the beginning or it just became this way, did it become somewhat of a, I hate to use the term Ponzi scheme, but one of those things where they're trying to sell new contracts to help pay off vendors and sort of, keep, did it become 
something where they were just chasing dollars to keep afloat? I can't say for sure. I can tell you that with contractors in general, that's a fairly common scenario. You know, they call it the paying Paul, paying Peter to rob, I don't know what's the Robert, Robbing Peter Paul. to pay Paul, yeah. That's it. Right. So a lot of contractors will say, you know, I took the money for projects, I put it all into one pot, and I didn't mean to use someone else's money for someone else's project. But that's ultimately what happened. And that is a legitimate defense when it gets to an issue like theft by contractor. But I, I have to imagine that this was a company that grew very quickly and had a lot of customers. A salesperson sent me some information at one point that showed me they were doing more than a million dollars a month in sales. And they had aggressive salespeople. And I have to think when you're just dealing with such a high volume and there's a hiccup, like a pandemic or staff turnover or whatever it might be, the um, the implications of that could be great. But this was a, a, a company that really just had a, a massive domino effect throughout the year. To date, we have 84 complaints about this company, which is by far the most. Um, we deal, we get a lot of complaints about some major companies, you know, um, wireless providers and so on. But this one company in Menominee Falls eclipsed all of those this year by far. The BBB has 397 complaints. It, it gives the company an F, revoked their accreditation. And Wisconsin Consumer Protection has 444 complaints this uh, to date and says it got more complaints of Windows Select in 2022 than in any other single company. Um, so that says something too. Those companies, you get those complaints about often utility companies, cell phone companies, that might be a complaint over a $70 phone bill or mm-hmm. uh, you know a $200 uh, utility bill of some kind. Yet in this case, these were not just a large number of complaints, they were high dollar complaints, right? In some cases, tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, we regularly spoke with people who had spent $10,000, $30,000, and not all of them had intended to pay that money up front, but they had agreed to these payment plans and they had a start date on them. And even though the company didn't meet the start date on their contract, their payments started with this with this loan company. So that was one thing that especially rubbed people the wrong way because they didn't intend to start paying uh, on those loans until the project was finished. And the, in many cases, those projects weren't. So you've gotten all of these complaints. And obviously, the, the, the you talk about the domino effect. I sort of picture a house of cards collapsing. But when that happens, if, it, if a house of cards collapses, the house is gone. What's the status of Windows Select? What's going to happen going forward? Are people still getting their projects finished? Who've paid for these things? What What's happening now? We know work has been underway. Cogent sent us uh, some information back in November saying we are still working on these projects every day, but at a much slower pace than we would like. And I, I have heard from customers, I spoke with a man named Frank Berry recently, who says Windows Select finally came out in August and installed all of his windows. He said the crew that came was very professional. He was very happy with the work, but Frank is still waiting on an entry door. So he even doesn't have anything. And one thing we've constantly heard from people like Frank or from other customers is that Windows Select brought the wrong product. So they brought something with the wrong measurements. It was not what they'd ordered. Um, Maybe it didn't have the right number of panels. So that may have contributed to problems as well. Ordering product unnecessarily that wasn't the right measurements. Um, That was something we heard a lot and frustrated customers quite a bit. Uh, But we have heard from Windows Select's they now have some sort of marketing PR firm that's speaking with us, and they said they're undergoing some major changes at year end. They sent us a statement from their 
interim executive officer over at Cogent, basically saying, you know, we're trying to take care of customers and there's some legal proceedings underway, but there are some big changes coming in 2023 with this company. We can't share what they are yet, but our goal is to take care of our customers, our existing customers to the best of our ability in 2023. But uh, we've been exchanging some emails and I expect some more information eventually, but I don't know when. But it sounds like some some sort of big change is coming. Overall, in looking at, at 2022, we know Windows Select was obviously a, a number one complaint in terms of the, the volume of complaints you got. It was a good year for Contact 6, obviously. Can you talk a little bit about 2022 and and the significance of what happened last year? Well, 2022 was an exciting year for us because it was our 50th anniversary of our consumer segment. It's not all that common to have a a segment last this long in any community. It was formed by a guy named Tom Hooper, uh, a man who many people still remember very fondly. And this year was an exciting year. 2022, we saved a record amount of money for our viewers, just short of $650,000, which is $200,000 more than 2021, which was also a record-breaking year for us. So we found ourselves um, becoming maybe more efficient and more effective in helping viewers. We have a, a case manager, Annette, working full-time, responding to complaints about warranty providers, appliances, contractors, auto repair shops, online orders. I could I could just keep going on and on. But we're just so excited that the community is aware that we're here and that we want to help them when we can. And yeah, we got just short of 1,000 people who wrote to us last year, which is also a high number for us. You know, you mentioned Annette, and, and you know, Annette is one of the kindest, sweetest people you'll ever meet. And she is not someone who uh, makes a lot of noise with what she's doing, but she's obviously, you say, efficient, very effective. It, it always, I, you almost, I, I'm almost reluctant to pull back the curtain on Contact Six a little bit because, because of how effective she is and you are, people might imagine that Contact Six is this team of dozens of people with phones ringing off the hook, and I imagine an old business with typewriters going in the background. It feels like that in terms of what you do. And yet you have Annette, who's doing so much of this work behind the scenes, uh, quietly all by herself, uh, and, and obviously you, you, you as well. But uh, you guys get a lot done. It's not this huge staff, office staff of, of dozens of people, right? No, it's just Annette and I. And what makes Contact 6, I think, different than a lot of consumer segments is the fact that we have Annette, right? She works completely behind the scenes. And it's not all that common for a TV station to work on cases that don't end up on TV. Most of our cases are handled off air and a lot of them are small dollar amounts. Some of our resolutions are are much larger, but uh, we handle cases of any size. I think Annette's gotten refunds in the past for as little as $10, but uh, not every consumer complaint is going to end up on the news. Maybe there's not a timeliness factor. Maybe there's not a, a bigger trend. Maybe a company just made a little mistake. Uh, but we're we're working behind the scenes and, and we're contacting businesses, seeing if resolutions are possible every single day. And I asked Annette to pull some numbers for us for our, our largest resolution of the year uh, was $64,000. It was a health insurance uh, billing issue. There was a gentleman who had two separate, separate shoulder surgeries a few months apart and his insurance provider just kept confusing his left shoulder surgery with his right shoulder they couldn't seem to understand that these were separate surgeries and they couldn't settle one of the claims we reached out they recognized their mistake 
and they settled it. Uh, and our smallest resolution of the year was $31, and it was an erroneous cell phone bill. Uh, Annette also saved someone $35 who was overcharged for a gym membership and saved a woman $38 when a store refused to let her return her hair curlers. So we are taking all kinds of cases, and I think it's really cool that Fox 6 invests the people and the resources in handling cases as small as $31. Well, and you know what I find, first of all, I, I don't think it's overstating it to say that Contact 6 is a tremendous public service because of that very thing. You're not just looking for stories for television. You certainly do a lot of stories for television, but you are looking to help consumers who don't know where else to turn. They don't have the knowledge and expertise that you have because you have followed these things. So you know when there's an opportunity uh, okay, there, there's something here we can maybe help you with um, that they may not know. Can I get help with this? But when you're talking a $35 bill, you can't hire an attorney for that. Who's no? It's, there's just no financial incentive for anyone to do that. So you really do provide a service, especially in some of these smaller dollar cases for people who don't know where else to turn, right? Yeah, we've referred to ourselves as kind of an attorney for people who can't afford one. But I think that in today's world of customer service and some of these massive companies that people are dealing with, it's really hard to get someone who can handle your specific problem if it's just a little complicated. And people spend a lot of time on the phone and sending emails and trying to get results and they say, can I speak with your manager? And someone says no, right? So Contact 6 is really great because we can just kind of skip that and go straight to our contacts at a lot of these companies. And there are some companies that deal with us regularly and are very familiar with what we do. And then we just kind of cut through all that noise for people. And the company will either say, yes, we, we made a mistake or we can do right by this person. Or they might say, you know what, we feel like we were fair. And in the end, Contact 6 wants what's fair for both sides. So we, uh, we simply reach out to the company and ask them to take a second look. And in a lot of cases, that's all a consumer needs. So l let me go down that road for a moment because we haven't really talked through this, but for those who don't know, let's talk about how the Contact 6 process actually works. From beginning to end, give me a brief idea of how Contact 6 operates. So if you go on our website, fox6now.com, you're going to see a little box that says submit an inquiry with Contact 6. And if you click on that, you can fill out a form about a business or maybe a government entity that you're having problems with. And there are definitely some cases we don't take. You can see a list of those there. But if, if you submit the form, including documentation if you have it, and send it to us. We'll review it, and if it meets our criteria, and most do, we will send that to the business or the government agency and ask them to take another look. Say, do you think this is, is fair, yes or no? They'll provide us with a response. We'll send it to the consumer, and if there's some sort of re rebuttal, sometimes that happens too. Uh, but it's mostly just about establishing communication that's either broken down or just could not be achieved by the consumer on their own. When you get these complaints, obviously Annette is doing a lot of feeling. You're, you're doing some of the screening of these. What are you looking for in terms of um, is this just one where we're going to, you know, we're going to send a letter to the company, we're going to resolve this off the air, or we're going to, this is one we actually think might make a television news story. What I'm looking for when it comes to a television story is a trend Right, Windows Select is an example of a trend that we identified, and so we felt comfortable moving forward 
with that story because there was clearly something that was leading to complaints continuing to come in. Um, we understand that sometimes businesses have one bad thing that happens. They make one mistake and that could happen. It's not always worth doing a story and calling someone out over one mistake. Um, if there's a timeliness factor, if there's something that relates to the news or a product recall or something that's underway, we might pursue that for air. Or if there's something just really crazy about it, something that really stands out, uh, then we'll move forward with that as well. Um, but it, those are pretty much the three things that I would move forward with. But again, I think one thing that's cool about Contact 6 is we understand that businesses can make mistakes and sometimes they, they make it right. Often they do, but you know we aren't going to call out every single person who, um, who has a complaint submitted against them on the news. That wouldn't be fair to them either. So we really try to stick to the cases where we feel like it, it's worthwhile. And, and it's deserving. Yeah. Sometimes it's because you've seen that pattern against a business. It's a problem. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it may be a, a helpful tip for consumers in general. This person went through this. You might be too. Here are some answers, right? Right. Well, one example is we recently did a story about an ambulance bill. And it's not like we were getting a ton of ambulance bills, but it was timely because the No Surprises Act went into effect in 2022, and it did not include provisions for ambulance bills. So that exposed a gap in that new law. So we moved forward with that because it was timely and because it related to this new legislation. And we knew there were efforts underway to close that gap. So that's an example of something that we would pull out of the pile and say, we should do something about this. Obviously, it it requires people, stories that is, requires people who, consumers who want to talk about what they've been through. And sometimes people don't want to. Is that right? Yeah, that happens Sometimes, too, every person who fills out a form usually checks a box saying, I will talk to the news. We might follow up with them later um, for our monthly resolution roundup stories, and they may say yes or no, and we tend not to push people on that. But one reason I think that we are getting more submissions uh, is that we've started doing a monthly resolution story, just kind of highlighting some of the smaller cases that we were effective with, whether it was a refrigerator replacement or something like that, something um, like a cell phone bill. We just, we've started doing that. And I think that makes people a little more aware of what we're doing. Because even when I took over Contact 6, six years ago, um, I didn't really fully understand that we had this behind the scenes process and I worked in the building. So that was one thing I wanted to change was to raise awareness of everything that we were capable of doing. And then when Annette came in and we had someone doing it full time, we found we were in a really good position to start bringing in more money for people. And I always point this out because and I wasn't here when Tom Hooper was doing it. When I first came here, Katrina Cravey was doing this. And then you've been doing it now for a long time. And, and, and I know that for I don't know if Tom Hooper ever tracked sort of the amount of, of money you were getting people back. I know that Katrina did some of that and you've been really tracking that more recently. But I always like to point out that there are cases that don't involve money at all. You guys do a lot of things where you're helping people out and there's no you can't attach a dollar figure to everything. So in addition to six hundred and fifty thousand dollars, there's so much more that you help people with. Sometimes, as you said before, it's just getting to the right people and getting answers right in a complicated situation. Yeah, it's not unusual for Annette to send out kind of her uh, weekly summary and it says we resolved this problem. Zero dollars saved. Right. Because there are there are problems like I always think of the story we did a few years ago about a woman whose handicapped parking spot was being taken away. And we were able to speak with her municipality and they agreed to let her keep the spot. There's no dollar amount 
attached to that, but it was something that significantly impacted her life and made it better. And we were excited to be able to help with something like that. So not everything's going to result in, in money toward our year-end total, but we still handle that case like any other. But obviously that total is something you can track, it's tangible, and you can see that it's been going up pretty dramatically here in the last few years. Why do you think that is? I think it's a, a combination of things. Number one, we have Annette doing this full-time. For years, we had a wonderful woman named Val who was doing it part-time. Uh, and when she left, we took it as an opportunity to say, okay, now that Val's not going to be doing this anymore, let's see if we can make this a full-time job. And I was excited about that. It, it made us more effective and we're able to um, have more follow-up with people, better communicate with the people who submit with us, because it's entirely possible that Val just didn't have the time to follow up with some viewers and say, hey, did we ever resolve that problem? So there's a, a lot more um, back and forth between the consumers. And I also think it helps that we've started these monthly resolution roundups, just showing people different cases that we can be effective with. And I also don't think it hurt that this year we had some 50th anniversary promotions airing reminding people that we're we're still here after 50 years. So I think those three things combined are the reason that we have $650,000 a year when before the last couple of years, maybe it was $250,000 in annual savings. But that's quite a, a big increase. Well, I will also say this, in your hands, it has grown and grown. And I think that says a lot about what you and what Annette are doing with Contact 6. It's an important franchise for Fox 6 News. And, and I, I have worked here now for 19 years, going on 19 years, and I think Contact 6 has greater name recognition than anything else at Fox 6 News because people will still ask me sometimes, oh, so you work for Contact 6. And while we do sort of work in the consumer investigative unit as sort of one unit, I don't, but I think that's the thing people recognize. It's got a lot of public awareness for good reason because it's been around so long and, and done uh, such a good job for people. I don't know if you got into this line of work ever thinking, I'm going to be a consumer reporter. Was this something you always wanted to do or did it sort of become something that was an opportunity and you've embraced it? How, tell me about that. One thing that's really cool about this job is that it's like a service to the community, right? And a lot of people get into journalism because they like telling stories and their favorite ones to tell are the ones that make an impact right, or the ones that help somebody. And to be able to do that kind of work every day is really rare and really gratifying because not everybody gets to focus on trying to make life better for people in every story they do. And that's really what we're here for. And I do feel like at the end of the day, Annette and I are providing a service and trying to do good. And that is really exciting. And yeah, I think I, I did get into journalism because I wanted to tell stories. I wanted to make a difference. And an opportunity like this is really special. Always sort of feel a little bit guilty about this, but my stories tend to be uh, the investigations tend to run five, six, sometimes seven minutes long. You are often, because of where your contact six stories run, often limited in time. And so you tell stories that are efficient and they're very well told. But sometimes you don't get to go into the greater depth. And it's one of the reasons I'm so glad we have this podcast to talk about a lot of these Contact Six stories, because there is so much work 
that goes on behind the scenes and so much uh, that you often have to leave out of those stories that I am at least glad we have the opportunity for you to come here and expound upon them and tell us more. Even with Windows Select, we get a little more of an idea of how this all came together, how those stories came to be, and, and the approach you took along the way. Um, has that been uh, sort of satisfying or, 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 or gratifying for you to be able to come on and talk in more depth about all the work you're doing that never makes air. Yeah, I always love coming and talking to you all about the stories. And I do think sometimes the fact that my stories are typically like two and a half, three minutes, it's probably good for me in a lot of ways too, because I could go on and on and every detail seems important to me. And sometimes it's good to really focus on what's most important to the consumer. And that can be good for a journalist too, to be restricted a little bit. But yeah, I love coming on here and I love sharing every little little detail that I didn't get to include in the reports. So thank you for having me on every time you do. Every time I ask you a question, I know that I've got time to think of another question because you know <laughs> you have answers ready. You've never, I've, I don't know if I've ever stumped you. Sarah might in off the record, but I don't know if I've ever stumped you. I am terrible at off the record. That's, I just get stumped every time. I don't know why. No, but that's nice of you to say. Thank you. The key is to ask you about things you've been researching for weeks and then you'll have an answer. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, oh, wait, Brian, can I insert this detail that you you didn't ask me about? I prepared that too. So uh, yeah, I, I love talking about these stories. It's exciting. It's exciting to be a part of Contact 6 and I'm, I'm really happy that we had a great year and I'm, I'm grateful for Annette. I say it all the time, and I, I think she's doing wonderful work behind the scenes. And I think that's a good time for us to go off the record. This is the part of the podcast where we get a little more casual, have a little fun by answering a question for which we have not prepared and here to ask us that question again this week, the first of the new year in 2023, we're joined by executive producer Sarah Smith. Hey, Sarah. Well, hello. Um, how long is too long to say Happy New Year? I hate it, for the record. This is not the question. But... Did we do that question one year? I, I probably did. I think maybe yeah. we did. And I still think if it's the first time you've seen a person and you're in no. January. March? Or maybe the first oh, couple okay. of weeks. No, first couple of weeks. You get into February. No, that's no. ridiculous. But... I Anytime after the first. It's the first <laughs> week of January. If it's our first podcast, of the, you can say Happy New Year. I agree. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> Fine. As much as I loathe saying it. Okay. Because um, it's the fifth. Anyway. Um, okay. My question today is, even if you had unlimited funds, what would you still never buy? You have all the money. It's not, a, not an issue. What would you still never buy? I'll go first. Yeah, go ahead. You ponder. Um, I would still never buy clothing that requires either dry cleaning or yeah. hand washing. I don't care how great the sweater is or mm -hmm. the pants or the top or whatever. Hand washing is the bane of my existence. And I'm too much of a scaredy cat to throw it in the washer. <laughs> but what if you, if you have all this money, couldn't you have... Maybe staff that sweaters? knows how to no staff that <laughs> oh, can dry take it to the a dry staff. cleaners. Oh yeah, I guess I didn't think about a staff. I mean, if money's unlimited, I just said today you I'm said like, unlimited. I need a secretary. You didn't yeah, just say you've right. got a little okay. extra. You know, I mean, I still probably wouldn't buy it because dry cleaning. Oh, I don't know. Hmm. Jenna, I, I'm 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 uh, sheepishly pausing and seeing if you have one in mind. Well, I the first thing I thought of was like something I would never pay to do. 
would that qualify? Sure. I would never I would never pay to jump out of a plane, right? I would never yes. pay to skydive or anything. Bungee like jumping that. from Whenever. a over like a cliff or something. No. What no. about one of those things that it's like no. looks like a little orb or whatever, but and then it like they hit a button and it like launches you like they had never. that at the fair. <laughs> never. I, you know, I was thinking about, you know, eventually I'm going to have to go to Disney World and I can't go on any of those rides. <laughs> They, like, physically make me ill. We went yeah. to the Mall of America to Paw Patrol Land, and I got sick on a children's <laughs> swipe or oh, no, no swiping Dora the Explorer ride. So I, I would never pay for experiences like those. I'm going to I'm gonna just point out that you said what may be one of the greatest lines I, I've heard, which is, one day I'm going to have to go to Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no, like, I know the kids need this experience. I am not looking forward to it. No, Mike, by the way, this is off subject a bit, but about Disney World, I, I don't know that that's the kind of place where you have all the spinniest, craziest rides. It's there's a I lot think more sort of power of terror and the drop. Yeah, but I, I feel like having been there, I like I'm a roller coaster fanatic. My kids love roller coasters, thankfully. So we've gone uh, a couple of times to Cedar Point in Ohio, which is like the roller coaster capital of America, maybe of the world. It's phenomenal if you like that kind of thing. But because we love that, and that there's so many great roller coasters there, you go to a a Disney or Universal type of place. And it's not as much about the thrill rides. It's more about sort of the attractions and the shows and the the other things. I mean, there's some good rides. Don't get me wrong. But I don't think that's crazy. So I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just letting you know, I, if that's your concern, I think you'll be okay at Disney. Okay, but you're not going to Cedar Point, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's the spinny rides for me. Like, I can do yeah. roller coasters. Adore them. Scare the producers out of me but it's the spinny rides like the teacups oh, i would never be able to cups. do it's oh we, yeah. we did the teacups in that same trip to paw patrol land and i mm. felt awful yeah. afterwards <laughs> where you want to so, be like the person who's like please stop the ride <laughs> not for my kids I, but I, for me i think i literally grabbed the wheel and stopped yeah, my daughter yeah. from spinning and said we will we're not done. be spinning <laughs> we're done here when i was growing up and i grew up in st louis we went to six flags over mid-america they had a ride called tom's twister which i i'm sure great america in um, in, in Gurney has had something similar. It's where you get down into the, it's basically like a spinning tube and you end up sticking to the wall because of the centrifugal force and, and then the floor <sighs> so drops horrible. and you're just stuck to the wall. And as a kid, no. I absolutely loved yes. that ride. It was the best. I, when my daughter was about four or five years old, we were playing on the floor. We conked heads really hard. Somehow she came out okay. I apparently dislodged some sort of a ear crystal, which I didn't know about until an ear, nose, and throat doctor told me this later, but I was having terrible, uh, what do you call it, vertigo because Ooh, of that. Yeah. Ever since then, and I know they say sometimes it just happens with age, I blame that. I've never been able, I can't go on teacup rides, I can't go on spinny rides, I can't do any, the, the, at the playground, the little spinny, I can't do it. It just, I, it's, I get sick I, and I, I never used to. I tried a somersault the other day in the water, like just when we were <laughs> swimming and I was like, oh, I'm just going to try a somersault. I got up and I was like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Like I, I used to be able to, I feel like I know I did like log rolling and stuff like that. There's something about it. And Quinn will ride. My daughter will ride the Gravitron ride at every fair and festival. I did it one year with her. Cause I was like, okay, I'll do it with you. The whole time I was like, don't cry. Look at the horizon. Mm-hmm. Don't lose your mind because your kid's like, this is so much fun. So I feel that, you know, back to the original question, which I've been stalling on for a long time, oh, yeah, pretty too. effectively. <laughs> Um, it, if I had all the money in the world, I don't think I would, I still don't think I would eat at super fancy restaurants 
because and and this is not to diss the people who are, do are culinary artists and and are, are geniuses at what they do. I think they make beautiful plates, but to me, a beautiful presentation is not as important as I just want to eat really tasty food and get enough of it to feel satisfied. And so I just it's not my thing, and I don't begrudge anyone who's really into that. I'm probably I'm I'm not probably I'm sure that I'm the one who is sort of uncouth and has no class. I just am not, a f- I just don't find the attraction to really fancy restaurants and food that is, um, I mean, it's art in some ways, but it doesn't taste good. Is uh, Maybe like that's my, you know, that, Like cauliflower foam or something yeah, weird. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, and, and, it just looks like someone spit their toothpaste spit onto now, the floor. If you can give me both, <laughs> if I'm if I'm wealthy beyond measure and I'm going to some place that's, you know, $500 a plate and the food is astoundingly delicious and beautiful, then that's fine. But something where I'm sacrificed, like, I, I, you know what? Maybe it's delicious. I have no desire to have foie gras. I just don't. I, you know, uh, yeah. I, I don't, it doesn't, it's not something that I go one day. Um, I'm hoping so. No, I'm, I'm fine with a really good pizza. That's I feel that. So I, maybe I would just like maybe I would have Jeff Frank. I would pay for Jeff Frings to start a pizza making business uh, because he is one of our photographers at Fox six and makes phenomenal artisan pizzas. And I would just have him make me really delicious pizzas all the time. And his wife decorates delightful looking cookies like sugar cookie decorating with like, you know, royal icing. It's so I think that's a meal right there. Pizza, cookies. So there you go. I came up with an answer after all. How do you like that? Look at us. Now we got to figure out. It. Now we have to figure out how we all get unlimited funds. <laughs> that's the next step. If you have a topic you would like us to discuss on Open Record or an issue you think we should investigate, send us an email to fox6investigators at fox.com. Jenna, thanks for being on the podcast. You are welcome. Sarah, of course, as always, thank you for joining us. Thank you to the people who make this podcast possible. I can't say Producer Pete anymore because Producer Pete, we talked about in the last episode, is no longer here. Good luck, Producer Pete slash Stephen Davis at uh, Milwaukee Public Schools. Thank you, Dave Machuda, our amazing editor, and to any of the other people behind the scenes who make this podcast <laughs> possible. How about that? Whoever I'm else gonna, wants I'm to thank do you. That. Um, I don't have the script in front of you guys. How do I end this thing? <laughs> Oh, my God. This is the worst ending of a podcast that has ever been. (laughs) January 5th. Happy New Year. Please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't already. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. With that, I'm Brian Polson. We'll be back next week. 